Hi, I'm Eric Samuels, reporting live from Sapphire 07 in Atlanta. And I'm John Frankie. Today we're speaking with Sunil Gupta, a director of solution marketing for SAP. We'll be talking about SAP's Master Data Management, or MDM offerings, what's coming next for MDM, and we'll have a product demo that you can follow along with in the podcast landing page. Thank you for joining us, Sunil. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll just get right into it then. What kind of new MDM announcements or news are coming out of the show this week? Thank you, John. Yeah, so we've actually had a, a range of announcements come out at Sapphire here. And as part of our overall um, NetWeaver platform strategy, we have I'm sure you might have seen some of the press releases around the enhancements we are providing uh, from a platform perspective. And there are definitely many great MDM-specific enhancements as part of that. So some of the ones we're touching on are, are really how you leverage information. And if you think about the traditional um, information sources around data warehousing, for example, and now master data, if you really think about them, so they're sort of intertwined from a perspective that they're, they're all information elements that need to be um, leveraged within your business processes. So one of the things we have announced at the Sapphire is really how we're bringing the, the technologies in that area together such that business users can actually now leverage this master data as a key foundation and base their analysis and reporting on, on this very strong foundation of accurate information. So what this means is questions like, if I want to know who are my most profitable customers, what is my best-selling product, which vendor should I be sourcing from in terms of the costs, for example, we can address all those questions very easily because now we know who is the customer we're dealing with, what is the actual product, and instead of having, for example, five different definitions of a supplier, we have one definition of supplier, so we know which suppliers we're dealing with. MDM technology is something people are still coming up to speed on. Can you describe the technology, how it's used, and SAP's products? I think it's important before we, we even start discussing the technology, let's sort of discuss from a strategic perspective, what has SAP's strategy been around this, and what's our thinking been? So um, SAP actually coined the term master data management, um, and in 2002, we actually uh, issued a press release saying we were going to be developing a solution in this area. And in 2003, we brought out the first, um, the first iteration of that. So we're actually uh, now in the fifth generation of this technology. And to step back and ask the question, well, what is master data? Why, why do it? It's important to understand the, the state of uh, most um, IT landscapes and businesses today. So there are a number of applications today, not only from SAP, but also from non-SAP sources, our competitors, legacy systems, et cetera, flat files, spreadsheets, you name it. And these information silos have percolated over the year. They keep increasing. It doesn't get any easier if you think also from a a phenomenon around mergers and acquisitions, right? Companies buying, you know, another company. And so these information sources pr uh, really multiply. And there isn't a consistent visibility across the landscape of, well, you know, who really is my customer? What are the products I'm selling, right? So think about a simple example of Whirlpool buying Maytag, right? And it has to now merge the product sets, the appliances that are being sold, the refrigerators or whatever the case is from the, the Whirlpool Corporation as well as Maytag. And in fact, they leveraged um, our solutions, and we'll get into that, to really rapidly come up with a single view of who are their um, customers, what kind of product sets were they now selling, 
who were their suppliers, et cetera. So master data management is not only just about the technology, it's, about the, it's also a concept. It's a methodology, it's best practices, it's data governance and stewardship around managing and treating this data as a corporate asset. Great, now Sunil's gonna walk us through a couple of screenshots and you'll see these in the webpage that you're listening to the podcast from. In order to, to understand and, and really manage master data, it's sort of important to give you a perspective here. So um, what I'm showing you right now is, and the screen will be visible from the screenshot, is uh, a very simple end user view for a lady, Jessica Gold here who is going to be managing information around customers or products or vendors or employees. So remember, we're talking about master data. And what is master data? It's fundamentally information, for example, a customer name, address, phone number, et cetera, or if it's a supplier. Similar kind of information, the business, you know, the vendor tax ID, for example, et cetera. Or if it's a product, you know, for example, um, this um, recorder here, you know, it could be the manufacturer, the, the characteristics around what speed it records at, what sound frequency, et cetera. So what we're looking at here is just a simple screen here with your everyday workbench. You come in, you log into your office, and you see, okay, here are my tasks. Here are all the things I need to do, et cetera. Now, let's quickly go through some of the other areas here. Here, for example, is product information now. And you will notice there will be a lot of differences because when you're dealing with products, you're dealing with how you arrange it is very different. And let me quickly illustrate that. So you're dealing, for example, with what we call hierarchies mm -hmm. or taxonomies, which are ways of classifying products. So for example, you know, monitors. A computer monitor, I can search for that within a taxonomy. Let me just quickly show you that. And when I search for that, I may not know how it's organized from a hierarchy standpoint. But notice when I selected this, I could quickly see where this information is located within the class hierarchy. And I notice that monitors are found within computer systems, peripherals, and output devices, right? So at any point when I update any of these sub-areas, or what we call I-views on the screens, everything else updates. So they're all very intelligent, they work together, and they, they learn from each other. Now, some of the questions you had earlier about, well, how does this interact with other systems? I think it's important to understand how is this information shared with other systems? Because the holy grail is not only do you need a consistent view, but you need to understand, well, how is this information being consumed? So to show you, for example, a notebook computer and show you how this definition is actually um, there in three different systems. So I'm selecting here, if you notice, this notebook, uh, which is product number 119. I see the image there as well. And if you notice now, this is how it's actually identified in three different systems. One of them could be your ERP system, where you maintain the bill of material. One of them could be your CRM system, where you actually sell it, right? And there could be n number of systems here. So we have a very simple way of illustrating and, and managing this information, sharing it without duplication and yet providing a consistent view of this product, this notebook monitor. And those ERP, CRM systems don't have to be from SAP. Exactly, exactly. They can be, um, they can be legacy systems, they can be systems from, you name it, Oracle, Siebel, our competitors, any, any, of any, any one of them. We provide a range of uh, connectivity through our NetWeaver platform with, I don't know, over 
30 to probably 60 different kinds of adapters for systems. And now to really illustrate, so let's say you fix the data problem. Uh, one of the challenges is to illustrate that from a business perspective, company A buys company B. Suddenly you have systems on one side, systems on the other side. So it's, let's say finance, sales, product portfolios. You decide to merge them. But once you merge them, the challenge is, well, how are you going to maintain it moving forward? You can't afford to have all the people in the company create a new product or create a new vendor. Now, very quickly, let me show you how you can actually centrally manage it and share it in a very simple, easy-to-use way, complete with what we call data governance or data stewardship, which is you are enforcing your organization's policies around how do you manage this. And this is sort of our strategy around when you maintain data, you have to not only provide data standards and governance around it to facilitate the consumption of it, but that's how you will be able to make sure that you don't have the same problems of the past. So I'm going to go through here, and if you look, the screen here says create business partner. And I'm just going to create a new customer or a vendor, for example. Okay. So what you're going to see here in just a second is a very simple form. And... Um, I can just fill this out, just no different from your standard form over the internet, right? So for example, um, let's create John Frank. And John is a vendor in this case, for example. We're saying he's located in a city that SAP is headquartered out of, which is a city named Waldorf in Germany. And I'm going to enter the street name, Neurotstrasse, and the postal code, which is 69190. The country in this case, because John is actually originally from Germany. He didn't realize that till today. But we're going to say he's from Germany. And I'm going to pick a region. He's from the Baden-Württemberg region. And we'll plug in a phone number for John here. Okay. Notice that before I actually submit this request to create a new vendor, I'm going to just quickly make sure that everything I typed in is correct. I'm going to hit this button that says check address data. Now, you notice here, when I did that, something uh, interesting happened. It gave me two screens here. One on the on the top, it said original address data, which is what I typed in. And by the way, if you notice, I typed in Waldorf spelled W-A-H-L-D-O-R-F. Well, guess what? It's actually misspelled. It's a mistake, and it found the correct city name. Even more interesting is the street was actually called Neurostraza here. Well, this c it's come back with a wholly different name. It's called the Dietmar Hop Alley. So you may ask yourself, well, what happened here? Well. One of SAP's co-founders is actually Dietmar Hopp, and the street was recently renamed in his honor, so they changed the street name. And notice that there wasn't a country code prefix in the phone number I entered, and suddenly it said plus four nine, which is the country code for Germany. So what we're illustrating here really is how we are enforcing built-in rules around data validity. Make sure data stays accurate once you fix it. It always stays pristine. And then I could go ahead and say, save it, for example. And I could submit this on through a workflow to another user who is the next person in the approval cycle. So I'm the submitter. Somebody is, go is going to review it, and the third person will finally approve it. Okay, so now quickly I can log off from here and log in as my next person in this, um, in this approval cycle, and that person's name is Sarah Price, who is a specialist in examining this kind of data. Okay? Mm -hmm. So let me log in here as the specialist, Sarah Price, 
And as I do so, I'm going to actually see uh, Sarah Price's workbench. You know, her, she logs in, she sees her daily tasks, something that may have been sent to her from somebody else. And you notice here, uh, voila, in my universal work list, which is my work list showing all my tasks, right? I see a request here from Jessica Gold. And I'm going to click on this request, and you suddenly notice that guess what? There is a form here that was entered with the information submitted. Okay, so you see the, the data here now, and there is another screen for accounting data. So I can now add, as Sarah Price, this data. I can add some notes if I want and say added vendor data. And then I'm in a position to actually submit it on to the next person. So in the interest of time, we'll probably uh, not show you the next step just to make it simple. But as you can see, step by step, the forms get routed uh, through the approval cycle. And at the end, whoever's authorized to approve the creation will check it and say approved. And at that point, this master data, the new vendor, is created. I mean, business events are happening today, tomorrow, and will always happen. We touched upon some of them, mergers and acquisitions, um, new product launches, um, divestures, whatever the case might be. And, and it's important that as we increasingly move towards um, Enterprise SOA, that you're in a position that enterprise services can really leverage this data regardless of how you reconfigure the process. And that's our that's the SAP goal, is to provide access to to consistent, accurate master data from a business process perspective in the context of a customer's business. So it has to be industry specific because as you know, we, we provide over 26 different industry solutions. So we embed our industry domain expertise. We embed the, um, the knowledge around how you manage processes, business processes, and then we deliver the information you need in that context. So can you give us an example of maybe an interesting customer and what they're doing with SAP's MDM? That's a great question, John. Let me illustrate how important managing data as a corporate asset has become by giving you this example. One of our clients is, is a very well-known uh, sort of consumer products uh, manufacturer, and um, they came to a conclusion after an in-depth study internally that they were literally losing millions of dollars a year because they didn't have a consistent view of this data around the products they were selling, the suppliers they're dealing with, and so forth. So they actually decided to create an um, office uh, around data management or master data management. And it does not report to the traditional roles around a CFO or even a CIO, not even a CEO, they actually incorporated this office and it reports to the board of directors of the company reflecting the increasing importance that companies are paying in this. So what they're now doing with SAP solutions uh, in terms of master data based on the NetWeaver platform is they are rolling this out comprehensively in terms of managing their suppliers, their materials or products that they're selling. They're also getting into managing their customers' data. They're looking also at some other elements like financial chart of accounts, for example. So from an enterprise perspective, they're really taking a very strategic look at how to optimize their business from a process perspective and look at the fundamental data that drives their business. And that's really, uh, it's very much in line with our goals to 
to make sure that our clients can be as agile and flexible and have the freedom to innovate on a very open platform, that they can create their own innovations, their own composites, and, and solve their, their business needs. From what I've heard, MDM is just the tip of the iceberg. Organizations have many workflow, governance, and process issues also. How does SAP's MDM fit into helping users with those? It's actually absolutely imperative that when data is being managed, it's being done so with a clear corporate strategy, a vision around how data should be addressed. And this comprises of key issues around data standards and from a governance perspective, roles, uh, who is authorized to create what data and the ability to track who did what where and enforce it through these workflow mechanisms, for example. And as we just saw in one of the examples, we actually allow you to enforce your corporate standards um, data governance directly through the technology, as you just saw, by different roles we were playing between Jessica Gold and Sarah Price, for example. And we can actually allow you to embed the best practices around, well, how are you going to be creating new vendors or, or, or launching a new product? So it's important that, on the one hand, a business have some uh, some standards and governance in mind and it's also important that any technology that they're evaluating for managing master data be able to comprehensively address a number of facets so let me quickly walk you through some of those so one is absolutely data governance and standards the other thing is as you brought up earlier the ability to work with disparate data sources the ability to cleanse normalize this data so to do the initial cleanup and then the ability to provide the flexibility to manage any kind of data, uh, the ability to share or syndicate this data to any system that needs it. From a data governance standpoint, it should embody the necessary workflows, security measures, best practices. So all of those things should be taken into account and more so it should work within the context of your business applications. If you're looking at um, driving analytical insights. It should work with your data warehousing sources. It should work with your uh, investments in sales and marketing, in your back office systems. So that really, it is integral that any such solution fundamentally be able to seamlessly work with and interact from a data perspective, from a workflow perspective. Uh, I would almost think of it as, as sort of like it's the blood within the human body, right? It needs to flow to different places. And finally, Sumil, what do you see up next for SAP's MDM in the next few years? That's a very good question. Um, our goal is to continue on this journey of, of driving and facilitating business process innovation and facilitating the consumption of uh, information uh, really through enterprise services. So uh, as part of this overall strategic vision, I mean, we will continue to look at, um, for example, more industry-specific data models or business processes which embody these this information elements. Uh, we're going to look increasingly at the ways that this information is leveraged, not just within one company, but externally. So we're already doing a lot of that. If you look at, for example, uh, how information is exchanged uh, using the term global data synchronization between consumer product companies and retailers. So we already have some extensive solutions in that. Uh, we're looking at developing more composite applications, either by ourselves or with our vast ecosystem of partners who are now beginning to innovate 
on this technology and the in the broader NetWeaver platform. So you will see, I think, more and more innovations in those sense, all designed to facilitate sharing of this information, uh, more automation uh, in terms of how information is leveraged. So uh, one way of thinking about it is you get the information either as a process or as a human person in the interaction as and when you need it at the exact point in time, and it's always accurate. It's always serving your specific business need. So it sort of preempts, you know, your your next step in terms of requirements. So it knows, you know, if you if you need this, we can provide this. So those are sort of the the broader areas, and uh, I guess what we can say is stay tuned. There's much more to come. Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Sunil. Thank you, John. Thank you, Eric, for for having us. It was a pleasure. I'm John Frankie, and I'm Eric Samuels. Check back on searchsap.com for all year Sapphire 07 news here in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm.